Richards trying to scoot in there alone. It pinballs to the crease. Score! Now a special presentation for you. Oh my God! Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to the Hot Street Boys Podcast. With your hosts. Derek, How are you gonna get it, Bobby? John. Johnny, eat up, and producer Nat. Unnecessary, but totally necessary. <laughs> What's not to love? What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Pod Street Bullies. My name is Derek. And I'm John. What's going on, everybody? And we are joined by the Mats. First, we'll introduce Mr. Matt Casey. How you doing, brother? Hey, how are you doing, guys? Great to be here. Glad to have you back. And the second Matt, but not the least important, not the most important, equally important, Matt Hoagie, Hoagland. How you doing, brother? What's going on, guys? Nice to, nice to be on with you guys once again. So I feel like we Don't could just cut those formalities. Oh, Don't sound too John. excited there, man. She's like, "Oh, guys, glad to be back." Listen, <laughs> listen. It, we could just it cut those formalities long, at this point. Weekend. <laughs> got, got any good sandwich stories for us? Uh, you know, just traveling back and forth to PA in less than twenty-four hours. So that was that was always fun. Oh, no. All right. Well, is before it lo- is John, it lonely on your pedestal there, Hoagie. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Say so before John goes full dick here, um, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get into some stuff here. We got a couple topics we want to talk about, and surprise, we're Hold gonna talk on. about Seth Jones. Hold on, and surprise, on. John's got a story. Hold on, no, I don't have a story. Okay, Matt Case, did you listen to last week's episode by any chance? I did. Did you listen to these two buffoons? In our little family cup talk. Oh, Montreal Canadiens. Go, you don't know anything about hockey. Heard of Did you hear about that stuff? So, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of kept my mouth shut because I wasn't on the show. So, I was like, do I really have a voice? Like, metaphorically, blah, blah, blah. But always. I I did not agree with that one bit that Montreal. I, like Montreal is just punching out of its weight class at this point. And... I wasn't even saying that before. Like, how do you mess around with Tampa Bay, who only got better over the offseason, and, like, is just finding all sorts of, like, cap loopholes, like, uh, you know, Weisselberg, or whatever that guy's name is from the Trump Foundation, and, uh, you know, they're just finding loopholes galore and from a salary cap standpoint. And, I mean, Tampa's just a better team, like, flat out a better team. And I would have said that a week ago, and I'm saying it now. You know who so, else was punching out of his weight class? David. Against Goliath. I have yeah. not lost faith. I still think it can happen, but I'm, it's it's a very, very bleak outlook. He goes by Dave now. It's, it's Dave. Dave. Yeah. David punched out Goliath and then turned into Dave. People are getting all pissed off at me. Like, what I said was outlandish. You clearly haven't watched the Montreal Canadiens play hockey. You're not no, that I important. Didn't. Calm down, pal. All right? <laughs> People are getting all pissed off at me. Oh, yeah. Okay, John. One guy. <laughs> one guy. And it's me. I'm the one that's pissed off at you. 
I just I hope that Montreal wins tonight just so I can get it completely right. You know, I hope they don't just because of Tampa's governor that came out was like, they should purposely lose game four and win it in Tampa. I don't like that woman. That now I'm hoping for a sweep. I don't care. You know they're going to. They're they're on lose tonight's game so they can go back to Tampa and just party it up in Tampa. I hope it's like, a snowball. Right. It starts rolling. Just, Montreal gets momentum. They just momentum. had the Buccaneers win. It's just going to be one big old party once again. You know they're on lose tonight yeah, so they can I, take it back to game five. I'm kind of done with like Tampa Bay. They're like, they're like the Patriots or, or Boston teams from like you know the the mid to late 2000s. I'm just like mm-hmm. I'm done feeling bad for you guys. Like you live in Tampa, but like enough boat parades. I'm done with it. Let's let, let, let's get on with our lives and bring a championship to Philly. Yeah, good segue. <laughs> Go. Perfect. In order to bring a championship to Philadelphia, we're gonna need some good players, and. That first good player that everyone is still talking about is Seth Jones. Um, earlier this week, we saw a report coming from the Athletic. Uh, Aaron Portsline mentioned a mock trade. Him and Corey Promen went back and forth on this trade. So what we're going to do is take a look at this trade, dissect it, see if we would do it, see if Columbus would do it, and just break it down. Um, to get off on the on our right foot here, though, Columbus would get Morgan Frost, Zade Wisdom, Phil Myers, and the Flyers' first-round pick in 2022, and in return, the Flyers get Seth Jones. So, let's start this off with John here. You are the Columbus Blue Jackets general manager, Yarmo Kekalainen. Are you doing this deal? Can I ask you one question before I, I give you my answer? Uh, sure. Where did this Where did this proposal come from? I literally because... just said where it came from. No. No, I get it. It came from Adam Portsline or Aaron Portsline Portsline. or Alex Portsline or, you know, Steve Portsline. But it came from one of the Portsline brothers. But anyway, I know know where it came from. But if you read the article, he then says, like, it's an underwhelming proposal. So I'm wondering, like, where he got that proposal from. Like, he's pretty in, like, tied up with the organization, tied in, tied out. He is. Um, so I'm just curious, like, if this was something that he made up or if this is something that he's hearing. Because if I'm Columbus, I guess I'm doing this deal with the understanding that I'm rebuilding and hoping that Phil Myers can become what everybody in Philadelphia hopes that Phil Myers becomes. But there really isn't that like one standout guy. There's a lot of question marks to this proposal. Um, but if I'm a rebuilding Columbus, I guess I'm saying yes, because there's enough young assets here. I mean, you're right. I think the only guy here that you're getting something is Phil Myers. He's played in the pros. Morgan Frost has played in the pros too, but 22, 24 games, something like that. Um, but to your point, too, with Portsline, you know, being underwhelmed, he thinks, you know, I thought it was funny, just complete side note real quick. Portsline said that Myers is a, a shutdown, stay-at-home, stay-at-home type yeah. defenseman. And then Pronman comes out and says he's a big mobile defenseman. And um, two completely conflicting uh, viewpoints here. But, Hoagie, let's get your thoughts on this. You're Columbus. Are you doing this deal? Uh, I, I don't think so. I mean... If I'm Colum- I, see, I, I 
I just kind of shook my head at this tweet. I was like, what the heck is, is this type of proposal? Is this, you know, Chuck Fletcher just kind of like throwing spitballs at the wall and seeing if it'll stick? Um, but if, uh, if I'm Columbus, I, I really don't think it'll it'll work. Is, I mean, Myers is the only proven player out of these three. I mean, Frost has a small sample size. But, I mean, Wisdom, he had one good year in the AHL. And I, I just don't think Columbus – is going to be like, yeah, that that's the deal we want. I, th- I feel like there there's going to be another bigger name that should probably be involved to make this deal go. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, absolutely. What do you think, Matt Casey? Yeah, I, I'm in line with everyone. Um, if I'm Columbus, if I'm Philly, of course, I'm, still, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. If I'm Columbus, um, I'm saying Phil Myers, like, He's the one guy, Zade Wisdom, we all want him to be something great. We all want a lot of things to be great. It's not. Um, and so if I'm Columbus, that that first-round pick, though, kind of throws a wrench in my in my thinking a little bit. Um, and so that that's a little bit enticing. And I'm saying this all with the pretense of this is assuming that the Flyers have done their diligence and saying that they think they can sign Seth Jones to a long-term deal which i think we're all assuming but like who knows what what the hell is going to happen here so i don't know if i'm columbus i'm probably looking for something a little bit more um out of this now the first round pick real quick do you think that columbus should be more interested in next year's pick or this year's pick i'll go back to you matt casey first i would say next year's pick is a safer bet just because like I mean, half the leagues didn't play this year. Mm-hmm. And so you have a better chance to scout out, you know, uh, who you're actually getting and where you can actually plug holes in, you know, let's be honest, in two weeks or whatever it is, like two or three weeks, we're going to be, we're going to see so much movement from not just the flyers, but we're going to see so much movement across the board. because so nobody could move anything last year. And so I think we're going to see a lot of just, movement and they may not all be Seth Jones blockbuster moves, but like I think there's just gonna be a lot of like turmoil and churn going on within the NHL. And so I mean if I'm looking it's like all right, let's let the dust settle and twenty twenty two we're gonna have a better sense of who these younger guys are, where they can fit in our into our organization. Now keep in mind too this year at this draft, Columbus already has three picks. So Adding a fourth, I feel like you're going to end up with somebody. You're going to end up with a solid prospect, um, even in a year of uncertainty. But again, next year they only have one. So maybe they look right. to you know five in two, in two years. Either way, they get five in two years, but it'll be front-loaded this year. If you're looking to rebuild something, like, I mean, you get multiple pick, you know, multiple first-round picks this year and then a couple next year, and then on top of that, a haul of people you know, guys from the Flyers, if this is, you know, settled, that that's not terrible. No, absolutely not. What do you think about this, John? Um, I mean, I've always kind of had the mentality where you know where the Flyers would be picking in this draft. You don't know where they would be picking in the next draft. So 13 to me is an enticing number. What about next year if it's 28? You know, I, I feel – at least my theory is you go for what you know. 
and 13 is a good number. I mean, if it was if it was 28 this year, maybe you're taking another shot at it and going, maybe we can get a little bit lower next year. But I think Columbus settles for the 13th overall pick and shouldn't wait until next year because what if, again, what if it's in the 20s? Of course. No, I'm in line with that same type of view. Um, what about you, Hoagie? What do you think, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm along that same lines in terms of the draft pick. You know, that, that 13, at, you're right in the middle of the pack. You still have a chance to get somebody that might fall that's, you know, supposed to be in the top five, top six, that might just fall to that 13th uh, slot. So I think that 13th pick would probably be the most enticing for uh, Columbus instead of next year where John said you never know. It could be number eight, 28, 29, what have you. Um I think I think it'll be interesting. Um, Matt Casey brought up a, a great point there with uh, with you know Seth Jones extending a contract, becoming a UFA next year. Um, it seems like our biggest competition at this point is probably Colorado, just based off of rumors. Um, I saw something earlier saying that the only way he would try to get moved is and and resign was to be with Colorado and just resign with them. So I think that's kind of where we kind of need to get a little aggressive because Colorado already has a freaking powerhouse of a team. So, I mean, we got to kind of get aggressive and, and see what we can do. Like, I, I guess it was what LA and uh, Chicago that were also kind of in on this rumor mill. I mm-hmm. think they're kind of in like a rebuild. And I feel like he's going to be like, ah, I don't really want to go to that. We kind of want to be uh, at a team that's going to be competitive at that point. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing it now with that latest Arvidsson move to L.A. L.A. starts to kind of peer out the door from the rebuild, like they're ready to maybe make that next step. Um, we don't know yet, though. Chicago's still competitive, um, but not nearly what they were, you know, back in their yep. heyday a few years back, winning, what, three cups? Um, so it, back it's... Back when they beat us in the cup, yeah. That was yeah, the, the saddest day of my life. <laughs> yeah. I had to see that in person, and I just... Ugh. I don't even want Let's to think about Let's not go down it. that rabbit hole. Let's not, yeah. Um, it is interesting to me, though. Like, you see, like, Aaron Portsline here discusses about himself being underwhelmed by this deal. Um, and basically, his last comment about this is that they'd better nail that first-round pick um, in the scenario that we're talking about right now. So, there's some reluctancy to his uh, thought process here. Pronman seems like he's more on board with this and I'm kind of intrigued because Portsline is the Columbus guy. Pronman's more of the overall NHL if I'm not mistaken. Uh, John, you'd probably Prospect. know Prospects. He's Prospects Prospect guy. Draft. Okay, yep. so this is right up his right up his alley you know, dealing with Prospects you know, so he sees the value in these guys um, he seems to be pretty high on Morgan Frost uh, and Zade Wisdom for that matter I I, I, and I get the hype around Zade Wisdom. He had a pretty solid year in the AHL. I'm not sold. You know, is Zade Wisdom a guy? Uh, let's let's take a broader view of this. Any of these guys right now, Hoagie, I'll go back to you. Are you partial to parting with any of these guys? Like, are, is there somebody in this trade package that you're like, no, I don't want to do it? Uh, yeah, I think my breaking point is, is probably Frost. Mainly because we have we just have a small sample size with him, and I'd like to see him, you know, get healthy and and kind of see what he can bring to the table in the NHL level. With wisdom, I mean, he had one good year in the AHL. Like I'm not sold. Like 
AHL versus NHL, it's, a, it's still a, it's a different pace. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't know if he'll be able to translate that when he gets to the NHL. We also don't know what type of player he'll become in an NHL lineup as well. So I, I feel like I'd rather keep Frost and part ways with Wisdom because I know, you know, Philly faithful is so high on Wisdom right now. It just boggles my mind. <laughs> yeah. it's I mean, Wisdom had some solid games with uh, Kingston down in the OHL, you know, 69 points in 112 games, which is pretty nice. Um, what do you think about that, Matt Casey? My my opinion is that there's nobody on this list, Frost, Wisdom, Myers, who we cannot replace. Like I, I'm, like we are at the point now where we have maxed out Giroux, Voracek, JVR. You know we we have Hayes. Like we have an older suite of of veterans which you should have if we're not going to win now and go after something with somebody like seth jones or you know one of the big name players out there like trade sorry i already did it (laughs) (laughs) trade them trade trade all of them and let's like okay let's just go rebuild let's go rebuild because the next two years are the years that that's it that's it for this core and then we've lost it um and so in my mind there's nobody on that list that is not replaceable zade wisdom could be great he could be a bust morgan frost could be great it's looked like he's injury prone um phil myers i think is going to be a solid player i think when he grows into himself and gets more experience he's going to be a really solid player but like I also think I can get probably get that from a 33-year-old defenseman who I can get on the cheap in a two-year contract. So, in my mind, I, there's nobody on this list that's irreplaceable. All right, John, here's the talking stick. Take it. Good. I've got the stick. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, there's nobody on here where I'm like, you know, you need to, you need to keep them. Morgan Frost, I worry, and I've said this before, right, that he's going to be the player that we trade, and then all of a sudden, three, four years from now, we're like, oh, crap, of course we traded this guy. But to Matt Casey's point, right, we're past the patience point. You know, this is no longer waiting for players to develop. We need to start seeing some progress on the ice, and in order to do that, you have to get rid of your younger assets. So I think the Flyers need to be willing to take that risk with Morgan Frost. Here's the thing about Zade Wisdom. I love this story. He's a heart and soul guy. I mean, he is somebody who is going to play with passion every night on the ice, and he's going to work his rear end off. The Flyers need players like that, but he's never going to be a star in this league. That's okay, you know, but I think some people try to talk it up a little bit more than it's going to be. He might be a bottom six guy maybe somebody you can put on that second line once in a while but he's that guy who's going to give sparks he's not going to be a star lighting up the you know the scoreboards so although you would love to have that kind of energy on your team you're not going to have it for a few years anyway because he's going to go back to the ohl he's not ready for the nhl if that's what it's going to take to get seth jones you do it phil myers i'm okay with 
leaving at this point. And the first round pick, I feel like for a year we've been saying you got to trade it this year. So there's really there's really nobody on this list that I'm I'm incredibly upset about losing. I mean, you think about it. A lot of people viewed Wade Allison as that guy with his limited time here in the a- in the NHL, kind of giving that spark because he plays. I, I compared him almost to like a Scott Hartnell. Um, you right. know, has that spark, has that fire. You know, we'll see a little bit more next year in an expanded role, hopefully. Um, but you know, in my opinion, that kind of makes a guy like Wisdom expendable because, like John said, probably going back to the OHL, can't play in the AHL next year if we're resuming right. normal rules and regulations and this and that. I'm okay with Wisdom. Again, in line with John's thoughts here, Frost is the kind of guy that if it comes back three, four years down the road and he's you know a star, it's like, damn, you know, we we missed out on that, but. We could potentially have, if Jones extends, a top pairing of Jones and Provorov for the foreseeable future that could be a terror to opposing teams. So it's like, what's more important? You know, screw it. Let's just go out and get Jack Eichel. We'll be fine. You know, (laughs) Um, but no, I'll shoot back to Hoagie real quick just for some final thoughts here. Is there anything you want to add to this conversation here? Um, not really. I mean, I I know I said I'd, I'd be upset if Frost went, but I mean, I'm not not too protective of him either. So I mean, if he goes, he goes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm I'm in the same mindset as all you guys. Like, let's let's get that. But I I feel like Frost is on that guy that proves us wrong three three and four years in the future, and it's gonna make us better, but us in the butt once again. <laughs> so, how about you, Matt Casey? Any lasting thoughts here? No, I, I mean, I, I think we've said it on this podcast a couple of times. In order to get something really great for this team, we're going to have to give up something. And, like, at, at this point, we need to be able we need to be able to stomach giving up something. And for us to be giving up something of, hey, they might be great versus something, right. hey, they are great, like, I'm in. Like, let's do it. Let's get it done. Let's stop, you know, pining over it and move on. Agreed. How about you, John? I'm 100% with Casey here. Um, The idea of being able to trade for Seth Jones without taking a hit to our NHL roster, a big hit. I mean, I understand Phil Myers, but if you're replacing Seth Jones for Phil Myers, I'm okay with that. You know, if you can walk away from this trade with all of the, okay, the future maybes, great. You did it. Right. Yep. All right. Let's shift our focus then to a different defenseman that there have been rumblings about. We've got Adam Larson with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, Edmonton's in an interesting spot where they've got two guys on expiring contracts between Larson and Tyson Berry, and it appears as though they're going to work out a contract with Adam Larson. Now, reports earlier this week on Wednesday it surfaced, Mark Spector of Sportsnet said that the Flyers are one of several teams watching contract negotiations with Edmonton. Um, but then it comes out this past Saturday on July 3rd that J.P. Barry told the Athletics, Daniel Nugent-Bowman, that they're making progress on a contract. Um, added a few more things, just kind of sounds like agent jargon to me, to be quite honest. Um, ends it by saying he's a pretty young free agent defenseman, 28 years old, which, you know, 28, no spring chicken, but he's not an old guy, you know, by any means. Um... Adam Larson, just in general, John, what are your thoughts on this guy? Well, I mean, 
I kind of remember his time in New Jersey. Uh, I don't really watch too much Edmonton, but when I was looking at um, some of the stats, right, he seems like a very defensively minded defenseman, which is something that we really could use. Um, he is not the guy that I want to put on the top pairing with Ivan Provorov. No. Uh, but if he was to get, so- if we were to get someone like him to kind of solidify our top four, I'd be all right with it. I mean, he's not going to put up a lot offensively, but it seems like he's the kind of guy who's going to stay at home and allow his partner to do a little bit more of the offense, which you would assume would be Travis Sanheim. And I think that that could be a decent pairing. Um, but he's also not somebody that I would throw a lot of money at because I do think there are other defensive like this on the market that you probably could get. And I actually do want to pitch a name by at the end of our Larson tar- talk. Okay, we'll get to that then. First, let's get Hoagie's thoughts on this. Uh, I mean, once again, John, stealing the words right out of my mouth. I, uh, I feel like, you know, Larson's, you know, a second line pairing type of guy, not someone I want to put with Provrov to shore up the first the first pairing. Um, I uh, I kind of looked it, into it just like John did, um, and it looked like David Staples from the Edmonton Journal pretty much reported it as, as, as in terms of the Flyers keeping a contract an eye on the contract, saying it he's seeing it as smoke and not even fire. So it seems like you know Edmonton's in the right lane and probably most likely going to end up signing him so i mean i'm trying not to look too much into this but i i I think it's not not gonna be the right move to put with provy i definitely think if you know if he's with the sandheim type of player it it would definitely work out in our favor on us on that second line he's definitely a more defensive minded player he's not you know that big flashy type of defenseman um but i mean i i have heard you know tyson berry is might be on our radar as well so i mean never know we might try to go for him as well yeah and i'm gonna hold that thought because i'll touch on it after uh after yeah. matt casey's point here but uh matt casey what do you think about an adam larson deal here yeah you know I, i'm in a little bit of the same boat as john in that i i lost track of him um af- after jersey just for obvious reasons from a geography standpoint um you know i'm looking now and is this right his oh no that's not right um so his cap hit is 4.1 right now, um, which I, I, you know, is pretty mm-hmm. high for, in my mind, what we would need a bottom, you know, bottom four defender for. But I think it, I think it, this is almost like an insurance thing. It's like, okay, if you bring in Larson plus somebody else, and I don't know who that someone else is, but another like B plus player who could play with Pro, uh, Provorov, I think it makes sense. He's not going to be the Grand Slam trade that we make. If he is, then, like, F my life. Like, <laughs> like you know, we're, we're, in for a long, we're in for a long one, boys. But, like, you know, I, I wasn't in, in particularly, like, enthused about Niskanen either, but, like, he worked out really, really well with that parent. And so I think it's trying to make those those pieces fit. I just don't. He can't be the blockbuster trade. He can't, it, it, that can't be or the blockbuster acquisition. I absolutely I, agree. I think that what scares me the most is that, like you said with Niskanen, the move didn't really enthuse many. Um, you know, I was excited, but I wasn't like jumping in the streets. You know, right. ripping my shirt off, screaming um, about it. Fan. 
Yeah, you know, I wasn't sitting out there with a bottle of uh, barefoot bubbly and, you know, going crazy, but, <laughs> you know. It, it wasn't a Chris Pronger, like, moment or a Jeremy Roenick moment, you know. like exactly. Of course. It wasn't that. No, but it ended up working out really well for that one year. My fear is now that Chuck Fletcher has seen something like that happen and saw what it brought to this team. And now he thinks that, yeah, I can just sign a guy like Adam Larson, who isn't like a flashy, isn't, you know, a big name out there available, but could be that steady hand that Provorov needs. And you know what? If it works out, I'll eat my crow. That's fine. But that's what scares me, especially considering the names that the Flyers have been tied to with trade rumors, with um, free agency coming up. Like, that scares me. Um, that Chuck Fletcher will, you know, for lack of a better term, rest on his laurels and go back to the old well. Um, can I can I interject here for a second? There's there's a of course I'm going to regardless of what you said. I but, don't um, even dignify it anymore. It's just like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think there's an interesting side conversation to be had here. Say he was to go out and get a guy like Larson or another Niskanen type, right, to put with Provorov. To me, that doesn't necessarily show that he that uh, Chuck Fletcher is trying to get Niskin in 2.0 and hoping that it works out. To me, that might be he feels that Provorov still needs a veteran, someone you know more wise and you know above his years to be put on a pairing with him, and that might show a little bit of nerves of putting a younger player like Seth Jones with a Provorov because maybe he's worried about both of them not being able to kind of be on solid footing. And that's what would make me nervous is if Flyers brass feels like Ivan Provorov is still not yet at a point where he can kind of be that guy. If he needs a hand holder like Niskanen again, to me, that's a little bit more worrisome. Yeah, you're right. It's a good point. Um, but, you know, we're talking, it goes Man. back. Hands, hands. Matt Casey's got a point. I also think it it goes to what we think or what the organization thinks Provorov is going to be. And we see some people being like, hey, is he going to be an offensive defenseman, which, you know, like Shane Gossesbear is the extreme example of that, or God forbid, Eric Gustafson is the extreme example of that, where the guy can play offense like a champ and score goals, but, he, you know, he's a liability on, on, on the ice in the defensive zone. No, we don't want that. But do we want a guy who's going to be a more stay-at-home steady guy who can let Provorov unleash and go and, like, do rushes up the ice and still provide, you know, quality defense in there or do we want him to be the defensive specialist and then put somebody you know who can go up and skate and you know get the offensive power that you know that we all hope that defensemen might have uh in there and i, I so i think it's also like okay what do we really think pro is going to be and i i don't really know quite yet that's a fantastic point I mean, right. we've seen his pairing with Shane Gostaspair, and Gostaspair's played well with that pairing. Provorov, years ago, yes. This year, not so much. 
tough to tell because you know he was coming off a season with a guy like Niskanen, but with that season, he had a defensively sound partner and played really well. So it's like, you know, what are you willing to kind of sacrifice? Because you could have that offensive defenseman up top with Provorov, get the points, but then you're relying on Provorov to be more defensive minded, or you give him that defensive specialist and then relying on him to provide the offense it's like where's the give and take here mm-hmm. yeah you know, i mean larson's name doesn't really intrigue me that much like I- i'll take him over david savard <laughs> absolutely yeah. over david savard um his name's been popping up left and right and i just don't understand um i feel like it's a minor upgrade over justin braun but you know we, t- we touched on, John did, how he would be a great partner for Sanheim. Is there really any other spot in the lineup for Adam Larson? What do you think, Matt Casey? No. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think there is. And I'm not discrediting the idea of he and Sanheim being a really, really good pairing together. I, I think that would actually be great. And that's almost what I'm like getting at a little bit from that previous point. It's like, okay – we're babying Provorov a lot of oh, who's Ivan gonna play with? Is he gonna is he gonna act okay? Like Provorov is a is a really good defenseman. Is he like the number one number one guy? Maybe not, but you put him with a you know a, a B plus guy like Niskanen, he's clearly gonna be very good. I think okay, let's focus on maybe you know getting Sanheim up to a level that he can go. So in that scenario, we're all of a sudden looking at two B-plus defensemen, which I'm actually much more on board with now than I was, like, a month ago when it was, like, it's Hamilton or or uh, Jones or Bust. And, and, you know, if we don't get those two, then it's over. It's like, I actually don't think that now. If it's Ellis and Alexiak, okay, uh, I'm actually willing to take a look. Mm-hmm. Um, that could improve two pairings on there that are on the game for two-thirds of the game, at least. Um, you know, so that's where that's where my head's at. Is it just the fact that we've all come to the realization that anybody, basically anybody, would be an upgrade <laughs> over this past year's defensive unit? <laughs> hell, I think John Gill would be a hell, uh, hell of an acquisition back there. Let's not get carried I away. <laughs> I've never seen the guy skate, but I can only imagine it looks like a newborn baby deer. If the Flyers just want to continue with their dumb like videos on Twitter and stuff, go ahead, man. Put me on skates out there. I'll give them a bunch of things they can put online. It would boost our listenership. I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, what do you think, Hoagie? Um, I mean, like you said, I think any any – any name would, would fit back there, but we also have to kind of take a step back and, and, you know, even if we don't get Larson, we also have to look at, we still have a bunch of defensive guys still on this roster. We still have right. Ghost. We still have Haig and uh, Braun. We still have a bunch of those just guys that we just like don't really know what to do with. Like, yeah, we might, if Myers is included in a deal to acquire somebody, like we still have a bunch of these guys. Like, how are we going to unload these guys to even bring in newer faces to bolster this blue mm-hmm. line? Um, I, it's just kind of all up in the air. If we're going to bring in someone like Larson, we have to unload some of these guys some, somehow, some way. I don't think any of these guys are going to go in the expansion draft or anything like that. So, I mean, Chuck has some interesting things to do. And I think looking back now, 
I feel like, you know, Braun, he was, Chuck was hoping that Braun would be the, that like Niskanen 2.0 that would kind of settle Provorov in a way. But we, we all know that Braun's not that type of player. Like he's a third pairing guy at best at this time in his, in his career. So I think Chuck really has to look in on the big picture and say, this is what we need to do. And we need to bring in a top tier guy like a Seth Jones or a Dougie Hamilton or somebody, somebody to kind of bolster either the second or the first or the, or the first pairing. All right, John, your turn. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you, Hoagie. It's like, we keep talking about acquiring, but we need to find something to do because we just can't have 12 defensemen on this <laughs> roster. <laughs> right. I mean, so here's the hoping that we can get rid of them. I mean, there's this idea of like throw Braun in as a sweetener, throw Hagen as a sweetener, and I would like to argue whether or not those are really sweeteners for anybody. That's like one little pinch like of sugar, <laughs> right? Yeah. But in my mind, I really do think this team needs to address your top two and top four. I would like to get somebody to put on the top pairing, but Matt Casey said the name that I want. Aside from a top guy, Jamie Alexiak. I want Jamie Alexiak on this second pairing. The guy is like 11 feet tall. He's a bruiser. He can gobble up minutes. I mean, I think this year in Dallas, it was something like 22 minutes a game or something. I might be making that up, but it was over 20. Um, you know, defensively minded, but can contribute offensively. Um, I think that he's probably going to get more money than he deserves just because you know, the market, that's kind of how it is. But I would love to get a guy like that on this roster. If you could get a Seth Jones, Ivan Provorov, Jamie Alexiak, Travis Sandheim, top four, I would be thrilled. And, and then riddle me this, then you have a, a Braun York third pairing. Like, hmm. Right. There you go. <laughs> Very intriguing. Very intriguing. But but then we have Snyder's kids like skating uh, as our forwards, like you know, <laughs> <it's gonna> be... <laughs> valid point, <laughs> very valid point. Um, perfect segue though. Talking about forwards, we do have the expansion draft coming up, and there is one forward that I know a lot of people would be happy with seeing selected by the Seattle Kraken. We're talking Jake Voracek here. We talked about it, I believe it was last week, uh, when we talked about Hackstall. There is those ties there between Hackstall and Voracek. Um, what I'm going to do off the bat, just because I do need another beer, so I have to run to the fridge, John Gove, Matt Hoag yeah. Hoagland, and Matt Casey, in that order, I want your thoughts. Do the Flyers need to add a pick to sweeten the pot to get Seattle to take Jake Voracek? And go. So I've gone back and forth with this one, boys, because I think we get caught up in the cap hit. And whenever we look at the cap hit, we go, you're going to have to add a pick in order to get Seattle to take it. But here's the thing. Here's, here's Seattle's current salary base right now. Zero. <laughs> Zero. They're paying nobody. So I do think that we kind of blow that out of proportion a little bit. Because when you look at Jake Borchek, right, I think he's, and you've said this over and over again, Matt Casey, but he's kind of played his way out of Philadelphia. I think that the, the fan base, the team just needs to move on from him. 
but he is still a solid player. Mm-hmm. And what did he got? Three more years on his current deal? Is that Seattle could easily do that. You put him as one of your faces of the franchise just to get going, put him on your, you know, top line just to get going. They can easily handle that captain. To me, he's an intriguing player for them, and I really don't think that Philadelphia needs to add the pick. I don't know who Derek said to go next. I wasn't really listening to him, but whoever he said to go next, go next. You guys are the worst. I think, I think it, it was, was me. It but... was Hoagie. It was Hoagie. <laughs> Sorry that John doesn't listen. You're a teacher, man. Don't you teach are this type surprised? of stuff? Are we surprised? That's how I'm a good point? teacher. I don't listen. Oh, Jesus. All right, Hoagie. I just want to start off. I, I, I want to start off real quick with uh, Macho's up one nothing. So suck it, John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got to right where I want you. <laughs> uh, in my opinion, I think we make this move, you know, at all costs, at all costs possible. Just, just make it. Uh, if you have to toss in a second or third round pick to make it happen, make it happen. I don't put up a first round pick because they have their, they have their pick at all types of guys. They're all these other thirty or sorry, twenty nine or yeah, thirty NHL teams, right? No, thirty one, thirty one. No, Vegas doesn't. They Vegas, don't yeah, Vegas, that's right. That's ridiculous. Anyways. Yeah, that's stupid. That's another topic. But still, <laughs> I think, John, like you said, he's a he's still a flashy player. He still puts up points. He doesn't score the goals that you want him to score, but he still is passing the puck, getting the assist that he's known to do. And I think you make him a face of the franchise, put an A on that, uh, on that sweater like he do, did here. And you know, just just let them just let them go. Just you know, cut cut the ties. See you later, Jake. We're, <laughs> we're we're done with you. Yeah, man. I I don't know. I I want Seattle to take take Voracek. I, again, as John said, who quoted me. Um, so a double quote here. But I I just feel like his time in Philly. It's just it's it's gone. It's it's gone its path. And we've been down that road. I think you need to change the scenery. I think that we have players that can do what Voracek does, and I'm not, I'm not discounting what Voracek does as a playmaker. Um, but I just don't think, if I'm looking at it, I think Seattle has to look at JVR's contract and say, okay, you're a $7 million cap hit, but for the you only have two years left, which is a year less than Voracek has, and we only have to pay you like six million year one and five million year two, and so that AV still goes against the cap hit, right? But they don't have to pay the money, and so right. they're still getting that floor. And in as my, I'm not like a huge Vor, uh, JVR fan, but I do like what JVR brings to us in terms of like we don't have anybody else. Asterix, asterisk Wade Allison, who can do what he does, which is stand in front of the net and freaking tip pucks. And right. so I feel like I would be more comfortable getting Voracek out. I just don't feel like Seattle's going to go that direction. Got more fireworks? God. Oh, God, man. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> Freaking heart attack! Some fireworks, they're mortars for Christ's sake. Long Island fireworks are a treat. Oh, oh boy! 
So all, that's my two cents on that. All very good points, aside from John's, which I didn't hear. Um, kind of glad, but uh, it was great. It wasn't that. It wasn't that important. Best point. Best point ever, ever made. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, this is such a difficult thing to gauge because Seattle could easily take Voracek without tipping their hand, and right. then go to. Chuck Fletcher and say, hey, we'll take him off your hands, but you need to give us a first-round pick, a second-round pick, whatever it is. Like, it's so easy for Ron Francis from Seattle to do that, but, like, then they play us for a fool. So do we play poker with them and play a game of chicken and just say, oh, don't take him then, take somebody else? Or do we make sure that that's the guy that they take? I think, honestly... It's tough because you have to weigh everything here. If you're going to give up a first-round pick for Seth Jones, you've got basically you could. Do you want to give him one two years down the line? Do you want to give him this year's? Like, how are you going to handle that? Um, maybe you convince him to take a second and a third. Uh, what What else is there to do? I mean, I look, I, I look at. Oh, sorry, Phil. Go. I I actually Go. look at this. It, there's the level of it. It's like, yes, do I want to take Voracek? But it's for the cap, the cap relief. Like, I, I want the cap. The worst case scenario out of this whole thing is they take Robert Haig. And I know you guys love Robert Haig. Or they take <laughs> Nicholas Ave Kabul at, what, you know, $900,000 a year. Like, that's the worst case scenario in my mind because it's like, okay, then we – then we're still stuck with the same team we had got and don't have any wiggle room to make any sort of improvements there. And so, I don't know. I, I'm I'm hoping that it doesn't come to that, but, like, maybe Haxel's more of an evil genius than we thought he ever was when he was in Philly. I could totally see them taking Robert Haig. I really could. Um he has the goatee now, and now he's an evil genius. You know? He is. It's Don Haxtell, um, the evil twin brother. But the Albe Cubell, I'm a little less enthused about because I don't think that's happening. I think we saw the way he handled Albe Cubell when he was uh, coaching right. the Flyers. Not a you know, not something that screams I'm taking him in the expansion draft. But you know, again, it's Ron Francis's decision as well. Now Dave Haxtell, I'm sure will have some input, but. Um, Ultimately, it's Francis that's making the pick. With Voracek, though, you know, what's, let's go to Seattle here. Let's talk about Ron Francis and his uh, mindset with this. So, Matt Casey, what are you thinking if you're Ron Francis and you're looking at this Flyers roster? Who, like, what's, what's, the, what's the game plan here? I'm looking at it from an offensive standpoint. I want JVR. And for the some of the reasons that I just mentioned, um, do I think we throw a pick in for that? Back to the other question, like no, I I, I don't think so. But JVR has two years left. He's got a reasonable cap hit, or he's got a cap hit that is at seven million, but a reasonable cash hit uh, within that at six and five because he front loaded his contract on the back end. Um, and, and I think the guys at, at um, so the goalie talked about this in in, in detail is that Gostisbehere is probably the best bet that 
they can grab. You know what you're getting. You're getting a PowerPoint spe- or a PowerPoint specialist. It's a safe bet with him. Um, and as I was thinking about it, like, how do you? I guarantee in March we're going to be talking about a G, uh, about a excuse me a, a Goss's Bear trade one way or the other. Can we trade Goss's Bear? It's like all right, let's just let, let's just dump him. Let's get the cap back and let's get that and move and move on uh, and and get some more acquisitions there. All right, Hoagie, what do you think, man? From Ron Francis, I think you know you're trying to you're trying to solidify a top scoring forward, whether it be Voracek or JVR. I think Voracek kind of helps you shore up that that cap space a little bit more because he's getting getting paid a little bit more, right? I thought that was the case. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought. It's so he's short fifth of July, you asshole. <laughs> Enough! <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> Thanks, John. Your your wall of white claws in the back are not blocking the sound. <laughs> there ain't no law when it comes to the claws. Tell your neighbors Sorry. that. <laughs> so yeah, if if I'm Ron Francis, I think you're trying to go out and get someone that has that high cap hit. Whether it be Voracek or JVR, I think Voracek is your is your guy that's gonna do it for you. Especially if you try to do it in a trade with Philadelphia, I think you do that, and then you come back when it comes to the expansion draft and you take one of their lesser cap space players, such as a Nick Albaycoot Bell or or somebody along those lines, uh, as like a Robert Haig. I think I think that's his mindset. You know, get somebody that's high, and then when it comes back around. You get someone that's that's low on that caps that cap it, kind of even out the books in a, in a way. All right, John, gather your thoughts here. All right, well, uh, hopefully I'll be able to get through this without another freaking bomb over my head. Oh no, nope, here it comes. There it is. Woo! Nice. All right. Anyway, <laughs> what I'm thinking here is if I'm Ron Francis, right? I look at Philadelphia as an opportunity, kind of like what Hoagie said, is to pick up a solid forward regardless if it's JVR or Voracek, you have an opportunity here to really get a, a, a quality piece for your first in, um, incarnation of your roster. Um, you know, Ghost, I totally get that, but I think they can get a Ghost type from another team. They're not going to be able to necessarily get that quality of forward from other teams. Whether they go JVR or Voracek, to me, depends on what they can get elsewhere. Right, if they aren't able to pick up a power forward, somebody who can contribute on the power play, get in front of the net, anywhere else you go Voracek. But if they need more of that playmaker, right, a little bit more speed whenever he feels like using it, um, you go Voracek. But regardless, and I'm assuming that every GM is going to have a conversation with Ron Francis. Regardless, you just make it seem like you don't want the guy that Chuck Fletcher is hinting at. You just mm-hmm. go, ah, eh, you know, I'm actually thinking of going elsewhere and seeing what else you can get out of Chuck Fletcher. Make him think you're going hate, right? Because that's what you want to do. You want to get the most assets out of it. And then if he goes to you, hell, I'll give you a second-round pick for the guy that you were going to take anyway, you're a genius. 
So mm-hmm. I do think that they are going to take JVR or Voracek. It just depends on what else they can acquire from the other teams, you know, to which one they end up choosing. Now let's look now at let's this look at this from a logistics logistic standpoint. standpoint. And I can hear, and my, I can echo. hear my echo. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's very unflattering. Very unflattering. Um, <laughs> but no. Um, protection list. We're talking Hayes, Couturier, Giroux, Farabee, Konechny, and then likely Lawton and Limblom, which means Aubé Cubell, JVR, and Voracek are going to be exposed in terms of forwards. Um, Aubé Cubell obviously being the least appealing Nolan Patrick too, right? Nolan Patrick as well. Nolan Patrick would be exposed. He's, no, he's exempt. Is he? I thought he's exempt. exempt. He would have to protect him. He would have to protect him. Yeah. Okay, so but that also opens up the conundrum of Lawton or Lindblom. Who are you going to leave unprotected between those two? Lawton's got a no no trade clause. Is no, it, it, does it kick in? Does it kick in until the, the end? season starts? Yeah, I don't, and I don't think it does. Um, at least on cap friendly, also, it says. Is it a no trade or a no movement? Because I think he can he can be selected on a no trade, but a no movement clause he can't be. Yeah, but regardless, you're protecting law at all costs. Yeah, I agree with you. Agreed. Yeah, so you know it might be Lindblom. Do you? I mean. Real quick, anybody think that Lindblom gets chosen? Probably not. Not, not after the past year and a half. No, no, no. I mean, again, Derek. To me, you have such you have an opportunity to really grab an impact player here in right. in Voracek or JVR. You know, the only person I would be concerned of, and Matt Casey's going to go nuts here. The only person that I would be concerned of them taking over anybody else is Nolan Patrick. And I feel like you have to protect Nolan Patrick for that reason. (laughs) Nolan Patrick is bait. Nolan Patrick, if he was left unprotected, would be bait. And they would absolutely take him. Yeah, and if they they took him, the Flyers would walk away the biggest losers here. Like, listen, I would much rather... What else is new? I would much rather just put Nolan Patrick, like... I don't know, in a closet somewhere, then, you know, to have Seattle take him and then leave us with all the big cap, you know? We'd be what Matt Casey said about 17 minutes through this episode, the four-letter word that he said. Um, <laughs> but, no. So on, unlike me. On the defensive <laughs> side, it, let's say nothing happens on the trade front. You're protecting Provrov, Sanheim, and Myers. Haig, Braun, and Ghost are available. So, like, you're... There's, I honestly, I'd look to make a somewhat of a deal. I don't know. You might come off stupid, but at the same rate, you free that cap up, and it allows you to kind of make up for that. You know what I mean? One thing I don't. One thing I don't want to do, Derek, is I don't want to put a put a draft pick out there so they don't take somebody. I don't want it to be like hey, we'll give you a second-round pick if you don't take this person. If they're going to take them, whatever. I mean, we just have to deal with the Give them the pick so that they do take somebody. Right. Because I think Chuck Fletcher got caught. I mean, got caught up in that the last expansion Mm -hmm. draft, right? They got Tuck and Hall. Right. Because he was like, don't take this guy. You can have this. And that turned out real well for him. Um, 
So I don't want to play that game. If we're going to give away a pick, I want it to be because it's like you're taking somebody from us if we give you this. Agreed. Same mindset. Um, I mean, the only real point here that we have have left is uh, I know I didn't add this, but I'm sure suck it, Hoagie. Um, <laughs> who could have possibly wrote that? That has access to our Google Doc here. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! You guys don't. I print this out. I don't even look at them while we're on the pod. <laughs> what do you, you fax it to yourself? Like <laughs> you want me to break right out the hammer and chisel? I'm old school. I like I like looking and, and... <laughs> I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. You got it right here, John. <laughs> suck it. Hey. It's the digital version says suck it, hoagie, just so you know. I've got my notes all written, handwritten, yeah, everything. Derek, like, yeah. did you take some Adderall? Like, what the hell is going on with those? This is without cash. Adderall. Imagine if I did take Adderall. <laughs> These rundowns. John would be great. ripping out what little hair he has left, thinking, what the hell, Derek? <laughs> 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 you're just you're writing your name is, up top of the the, the, the let's be date. It's great. This is all stats right here. <laughs> well, the thing is, Matt, you can't read it, right? It definitely just says all work, no play, makes Derek a dull boy. All work, no play, makes Derek a dull boy. All work, no play, makes Derek a dull boy. <laughs> I, I guarantee next week he's gonna have freaking strings of yarn attaching his thoughts together, and then we're in a real deep spot. <laughs> Wow. Beautiful mind, that Derek Bob. You know, he's writing something now. I am. Um, no, I I can't explain it. I just I've always worked better having it right in front of me. And let's be honest, the one guy out of the four of us that has internet problems is me. So I want to have it in front of me just in case. Um, you know, and it works out. So it all there we go. Okay, I'm finished. I don't have to think about what I'm writing anymore. But uh, there's that. Um, but no, that has really been the end of this um, of this <laughs> podcast here. This uh, is a John drinks his own pee. Yes, uh, uh, that's all the cans behind him. All you Billy Madison fans out there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean you know, let's. I can't wait to see what happens. This is going to be a wild off season. I'm hoping at least we need a wild off season because this team just put all of us through the ringer. Uh, this past season, any what, lasting what's the, what's what's the timeline? Like what what's the actual timeline? That, like the team would have to submit their official list by the seventeenth. I believe so. Yeah, yes, is that right? Correct. Seventeenth. Yep. Like when mm-hmm. can SHIT get real? Like when can we stop? Like like tomorrow? Like, stop doing this. When can we start getting real? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure after Tampa wins tonight. <laughs> We can start getting real. So that'll be postponed. Um, so it'll be next next week. It'll it'll be next week as they're marching that Stanley Cup down the streets of Montreal. <laughs> it's probably gonna, in all seriousness, though, Casey. It's probably gonna be um, like two or three days before protection lifts. I would imagine things start to move a little bit. Teams will have it solidified. I'm in my own head now. It's a scary place, and I, I don't want to be in here as long as <laughs> more than I have to be. I'd offer you some space in mine, but it's not much better. Uh, but 
Uh, plenty of space. <laughs> depending on how you look at it, you know. Um, space I don't want to be, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before before this gets any more out of hand, uh, Matt Casey, let everybody know where they're going to be able to find you, man. Oh my God, I don't even know anymore. I've changed it so many times. <laughs> you know what we just this is like we need to do a video podcast just roll the credits and be like this is where you can find us this is where you can find the people the podcast itself we're out of here so uh, i'm at uh pod street spelled out s-t-r-e-e-t casey nice. so we're all uniform like one happy freaking company i would have said family but hey you know teach their own but even though the Pod Street Bullies is Pod ST, uh, whatever. We'll, it was we'll too long. It. I tried. Trust me, I tried. Pod Pod Street Casey, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll wrap we'll wrap on the Twitterverse. Solid. How about you, Hoagie? Uh, Pod Street Hoes. I'm I'm not gonna even try to spell it anymore because you guys called me out last week, so screw it. That's what we're good at, oh, really. Wait. Hold on. Oh, hold on I got a, a great dad joke for you guys. You guys will okay. all appreciate because you're dads, and I'm not. <laughs> the one guy who it's isn't a, a dad has a dad joke. The one dad. You know. <laughs> What's the best part about a waffle? Eating it, honestly. I don't know. What is it? The W, then it would just be awful. <laughs> That's what I think about that. Yeah, that didn't hit with me quite right, but yeah, yeah. I now I got it. Okay, so here's an idea, he's and I want. To he's the computer. Oh, I'll pull. I don't know. Hoagie, you might have just talked yourself into a weekly segment here. Perfect. <laughs> dad Love jokes it. with the dadless. <laughs> With the, with the kidless, I should say. <laughs> Dad joke sponsored by Dockers. Here we go. Let's do it. I love it. Oh, okay, John. Now's your turn. <laughs> what do you want from me? What what we usually ask of you? Jesus Christ! How many times? This shit. Like you have that one kid in every class where you're like, how many times do I have to tell you this is what you need to do? Like that's you right now. You're that kid. You're that kid. You're that little prick that I would come home every night, and you're the reason why I drink. I'm in your head space. You, you are the like, reason that I drink. Let's be honest. All right. I like it. Anyway, I'd put that on my resume. I'm the reason I hope someone goes. else shoots another mortar off it. and scares the hell out of you. You can find us wherever you're listening to us currently. We're there. Um, and if you don't want to listen to us there anymore, Google us when we're elsewhere. There you go. So, there you go. There it is. That's really that's all I wanted, and it, it took you way longer than I so obvious am comfortable discussing right now. Oh, and rate and review us. Maybe not in the last ten minutes, but rate and review us to make sure it's good. You can say whatever you want. Just give us five stars. I don't care what you say. Yeah. Actually, again, I want someone to write really bad things, but give us a five star review. I do too. Like I feel like that's more amusing <laughs> than telling us, you know, oh, I love this last episode. Tell right. us, like, okay. you guys are the scum of the earth and the worst Flyers podcast I've ever heard, but here's five stars. Oh, that's the best. That's Bang. a good thing. The worst five-star review. Like, I mean, that's that's a thing, man. Like, yeah. we, should, we should get into that. Just crush us and then give us five stars. I'm that, doing you know it right what? now. 
if you if you give us a five star review that is god awful and it is just so abysmal you can come on the show and join us for like five minutes to talk about a, a topic i'm in you can read it verbatim we've <laughs> right. signed off on it it's happening that is that is everyone's mission right now that's listening if you leave us a five star review but write something just incredibly negative scathing right. i don't care Something roast fun. Us. Roast us. Ro- I don't care if it's me, John, either of the mats. It doesn't matter. Preferably John, but John. regardless. <laughs> Hoagie and I are on the same wavelength there. But no, let's do it. I, I'm on board. Let's get that done. Folks, you have your mission for the week. But until then, you can find me on Twitter at PodStreetBob. John's on Twitter at PodStreetGove. The PodStreetBullies are on Twitter at PodSTBullies. I know, it's not uniform. I'll look into it. Maybe I'll contact uh, the guy that runs Twitter and say, we need a longer format. Um, But until then, (laughs) until then, I will leave you, as I've always left you, with a Let's Go Flyers. Bye now. Go Flyers. See ya.